definitely human. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some well less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs. United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweaters starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. guys welcome to back to earth a podcast about roots i'm charlie may this is episode 34 it's autumn and today i'm talking to fan favorite nigel about direct drilling as an alternative to plowing but before we get to that we're going back in time a little bit to the maize harvest bloop 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 (laughs) that's the sound of going back in time also the harvest was very loud so apologies for the not great audio i was shouting a lot the machine was very loud not that you can hear that okay bloop 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 So, Mum and I are just stood in one of our fields. (laughs) Nigel's just hit something on the hedge trimming. Nigel's hedge trimming at the bottom of the field and he's just hit something. We don't know what. But um, they are harvesting the maize. And this is the first time I've ever seen it. And we're just watching them. They're having a bit of trouble going back and forth. I feel like one of the tractors is losing its gears or something. We've caught them at an awkward time. But there's two trailers coming back and forth. No, there's four trailers. There are four trailers in the field. They are going so unbelievably fast. I really want to get closer to take better videos, but I'm scared I'm going to be mown down. It's a forage harvester, and it's got these circular flat blades to the ground that whip around and cut the maize about six inches off the ground. And then everything gets chopped up really finely, and it's getting shot out in a tube. In the stalks and the cobs themselves. So it's it's going to be a mixture of the maize cobs and the stalks. Yes. So I think we should explain, firstly, what maize is, because I used to think that maize and corn were the same thing. It was just you called the corn maize because it was for animal feed. But actually, it's similar to banana and plantain, I suppose, in that they look very similar, but they're a completely different vegetable. Yes, it looks like corn on the cob. And if you try and pick one and cook it for human consumption, it's horrible. Everything here is for dairy cattle. And it's something that's become very popular in recent years because it's incredible for milk production over the winter months. So the maize gets chopped down into really fine pieces. Then it gets put in a sort of silage, what would you describe, a silage pit, and it's pressed down so that all the air disappears and then it's covered in a pickling agent. Covered under with tarpaulins, they weigh it down with old tyres, anything to get the weight on the top so that it squeezes all the air out. If you have any air in there, it goes mouldy, so you've got to get rid of all of that. And then it pickles until, well, probably 
just before Christmas. So for the really intense winter months of January and February, yes. the cows have some delicious pickled maize. When there's no grass available, this is what they get. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> maize on the maize. Amazing. <laughs> to quote Craig Revel Horwood. <laughs> I mean, I can't believe they are tearing down the field at the speed of knots. It's quite a late harvest this year, isn't it? So I can't tell whether they've just got their foot down because they've got a hell of a lot to do or whether this is just how they do it all the time. This is the speed that they have to go at. The machine will cope with it. Why dilly-dally? I know, but I'm just saying, of the harvests that I've seen, this Mm. looks like I'm watching it in, you know, fast-forward times too. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) that's right. I mean, they are late in getting this off. This field was fit to go a fortnight ago, but they were waiting for all the fields to be be ready together so that they could hire all this equipment in and do it in one go we've been watching it's been like um the birds who did the birds um yeah it's been like alfred hitchcock the birds with the rooks coming in i've been watching them from the studio hundreds of birds coming over and eating the maize because it's been ripe for a couple of weeks so yeah we're not sure what they're going to find in the middle they've almost dive bombing into the middle and probably flattening the maize so that they they can pick it off yeah that's exactly what they do they don't want the stalks they want the juicy cobs yeah should we try and get a bit closer I want to get a video, but yeah, I am scared I'm going to be mown down and turned into cow feed for the winter. Oh, so that was so exciting. I just watched them come towards me, managed to get some videos. Did you get the bunny? No, what bunny? The bunny just ran out in front. He just shot in front of the cultivator and the harvester and went in the hedge. Oh, God, I didn't get Maybe I got it on the video. I was so busy worrying about videoing them and not getting in the way. I was hiding in the gateway. I imagine there's loads of animals sort of hiding in the middle that are going to get the fright of their lives. That's what they tend to do. They think it's safest in the middle. <laughs> and uh, we get that when we're combining the uh, wheat and the barley. Would the bunnies eat the maize left over on the ground? Mm, no. Not, not really sure. They might. They might. <laughs> I don't know what they like. I know they like my garden plant. <laughs> Oh, God, that really is quite exciting. But it really gave me a bit of a fright when it was coming towards me. I thought, oh, my God, am I in the way? But, yeah, I dived into a gateway. They've got to go through in and do this one. Oh, oh, wow. The maze definitely looks ready to go. There's only a few green leaves left on it. It looks dead. Oh, here they come back again. I mean, they are so quick. There we go. Empty. No. Next trailer. In In you go. Wow. It's very exciting, actually. They'll do Rudylands next, Mm -hmm. and then they'll cross over the road and do Cow Park, and then Slade down below it, and then they've only got to go down to Parsons Copse down at Rafton. Oh, wow. And that's on their way home. And then what's this field going to be next? Wheat. It's all going to be wheat. Wheat. Into wheat. Amazing. So this was the break crop. Mm -hmm. Um, So we either have maize or potatoes as break crop. So now we've had the maize in this field. Now all the nutrients will be in the soil ready for next year's wheat. Yes. And Nigel's in here hedge trimming because he needs to get in here now today to start ploughing because we've got rain coming in on Sunday and he's got to do all these fields. They've got to be ploughed, drilled, rolled, all done before the weekend. So, yeah. Amazing. And I'll be covering that. I keep saying amazing. I'll be covering that as well um, because it's basically the life cycle of the farm, isn't it? Starting from scratch. The geese are flying en masse out of the maize field. 
<laughs> so yesterday we um, took all the maize off of the field and it was harvested. And then those naughty geese are back. They have been eating all the maize that has spilled into the field. And uh, now they're just flying down onto the estuary again. <laughs> So one of the things that's been heavily in the news in the last year is the use of ploughing and unlocking carbon in the soil in modern farming. This year, for the first time, we have tried drilling directly into the soil after harvest. So I want to talk to Nigel and find out what he thinks about it, the pros and cons. Um, we've tried some things over the years, you know, things like mintil is like one of the things, but then I think all the maize got kind of caught up within the machine, so that didn't work. So yeah, I think we're really happy to have found something that actually worked this year. So, yeah, I'm going to talk to him and find out all about how that went. It is absolutely freezing today. I've got on a woolen polar neck. Um, it's really grey and windy and cold. Feels like autumn has turned into the second half of autumn. The colder, wetter, evil twin. Where is Nigel? Hello. Hi. Mum said the place you went to yesterday had um, mud all on the floor from all the bits of machinery coming in. And... It's not my type of yard. <laughs> a bit dirty, Charlotte, yeah. Um, <laughs> Nigel yeah, runs a tight ship. The machinery they had there. So I wanted to talk on the podcast. It's been very much in the zeitgeist at the moment of people talking about climate so obviously plowing unleashes a hell of a lot of carbon into the atmosphere and so direct drilling is the way that farming is going yes it is the way it's going and um we've got to do something to address that i think haven't we yeah definitely. um you know i had 115 acres to plow and till in a very short space of time um so i suggested to mum that we get somebody in with a, a mintil drill one to take the pressure off me and two as a trial to see what it's like i mean from the results that we've seen out there when we went out around last weekend I mean, it looks fantastic out there. I don't know if you've been out there yourself. Have yeah, you or no? Yeah, it's great, yeah. Yeah, we're very pleased with how it's you know, come up and everything. It's established well. Yeah, we're pl very pleased with that. The issue before is that because we've had maize in there, the stalks are very long and they can get all caught up. And so you were worried about that, but this one handled it fine? It did. This The particular drill it was a Clayton um, strip drill, as they call it. No blockages at all. It went very well. Uh, whereas I did try going out there with uh, the combination drill over there and uh, it blocked up, so it was no good. How how long would it usually take you to plough all the fields? Um, you'd be looking at roughly two acres an hour that I can plough. That's on good going, but realistically, you're probably an acre and a half an hour. So you're on the 48 acres out there. I mean, you can work that out for yourself. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it saves a lot of time. It's not only that, the hours on the tractor, the diesel, we've saved all round. So to explain to people that have got no idea, basically, after the harvest... You then plough in everything into the ground, turn the soil over, and then you need to drill the seed That's in right, afterwards. Yeah. So actually, you're out there twice. Exactly that. Yeah, you know, the ploughing is a vast expense. The wearing parts on the plough, my time, my labour, um, <laughs> it's not cheap. So we've had to try and find ways that we can produce the crop cheaper if we can. And at the moment, you know, we've trialled that and it looks, it looks very promising. So, um, yeah, mum might have to spend some money and buy me a new drill. <laughs> <laughs> you went to go and look at some drills yesterday, didn't you? We did, yeah. Um, just this side of Tiverton, yeah, we did, yeah. They had different drills there. You know, they've got 
different soils because they farm thousands of acres up there. Um, the one they recommended to me was a horse drill. The one they had was six metres, but I'm going to track the big enough to pull that one. So we'd have to go for something like a four metre drill. I don't know if these lanes would even take a six metre piece of machinery driving around. Well, they would. It's all fold, hydraulically folds oh, up, okay. so it's not too bad. But um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want anything like that here. I mean, we haven't got enough acres to warrant that sort of size of machinery, really. What is the difference between mintill and direct drilling? Because I know we had a a farm advisor he advised that mintill wasn't the way to go but then there was a different i don't know there's so many different kinds i'm not sure what's what to be honest the difference between a mintill which is what we've done out there on the may stubble is you don't do any plowing no working down you go right in with the drill right in on the stubble and that is mintill and the only thing that you don't like is that it looks messy i thought i'd done it <laughs> when i came back in the night after i'd been out plowing it was dark and it looked a mess in the dark and i came to work the next day and it looked even worse i just i didn't look in the fields for a few for a week or two until the seed came through but it's absolutely fantastic out there really really pleased with it i know everybody down here likes to talk and we've got a couple of fields that's sort of on the main road you know people drive by and they see what a fantastic job you've done with the plow would you be a little bit embarrassed having the mint hill there and people driving by and thinking what is nigel's let side down <laughs> i know i'm going to get the mickey taken out of me big time when i go down there if we get this drill and whatever but it's the way forward we've got to establish the crops cheaper mm-hmm. it costs too much now to establish them you know yeah. So we've got to find ways of cutting costs, you know, with the single farm payment disappearing and everything. So hopefully this is the way forward. I'll let you know in a couple of years' time (laughs) whether we've done the right thing. Um, This doesn't go down as much as the drill, does it? It just sort of scuttles the surface of the soil rather than, I mean, how much does the plough turn over? The plough is eight inches deep. The drill has got legs in front of it, would probably work the ground about five to six inches deep, and then the cultures come along behind and sow the seed into that. So it's not really that different. I mean, do root systems even go down eight inches? Yeah, they do. They yeah. do go down. You would be surprised at what depth they do go down. The power harrow, you don't have to work it very deep. After you've ploughed, you've gone up with the power harrow drill combination, which we have over there, and you probably work it about three to four inches, and then the seed goes down to about an inch and a half to two inches. Mm-hmm. There's always a place for a plough on a farm and there'll always be a place for a combination drill, I think. So that's another point, is with soil compaction, every three years you're going to have to plough anyway. You can't just do drilling, direct drilling. Well, we went to a farm yesterday, me and mum, and they haven't ploughed up there for eight years. No way! Yeah, is what they said. The only time they would plough would be if they went to a root crop a deep-rooted crop, i.e. like maize or potatoes or something like that. We do have that in our rotation here, so we would have to plough them. Well, that's a point in that because we do a rotation crop, yeah, with the maize and the potatoes, we would need to plough for that specifically because you need such a powdery fine soil for that. You've got to get the depth. With the plough, you'll get the depth. Okay. And you've got to bring fresh soil up, really. You know, it does it good to turn it over every now and again, you yeah. know, bring fresh soil to the top. Um, the root system of wheat and barley is not very deep at all but i suppose potatoes and maize it is that's very true yeah i mean you've seen what they do up there for the potatoes i mean they really work the ground deep so obviously i've been here just under a year and so when i came last year everything was already in the ground and so this was sort of my first time seeing almost like the new year of farming where i saw all the harvest and then i saw all the drilling and the planting of all the seed i saw you actually turning the crop into seed and it was unbelievable how fast you managed to do everything and turn the farm over within like a week two weeks yeah it's just you set yourself up to do it you know you've got to do it you just work the hours and you get it done you've got to that's farming isn't it you know you've got to work with the weather when the weather's good you go now i understand why farming 
farmers always talk about the weather because you're so sort of chained to it, aren't you? <laughs> exactly that. Yeah, but the weather controls us, really. When the weather's good, we will go and we'll work day and night to do it, which we've done to get the crops in the ground. So you guys have heard me making soup and chutneys and I still have an absolute glut of carrots left over. And I saw this nifty video online of how you can store them over the winter. They'll last until next year. Oh, windy. And be nice and fresh. So I have raided the farmyard and um, one of the lucky things about having farm supplies and builder supplies is that we have a supply of sand just lying around, as you do. And I saw this video online. Basically, you layer the carrots in the sand and you put a bit of water on the sand and it keeps the root veg nice and hydrated and um, they don't go all floppy. So I've washed the carrots and I've laid them out to dry. I put all the annoying twiddly tiny ones in the soup and these ones are perfect for roast dinners. We're thinking about Christmas Day, you know, all of that. Yeah, that works a treat. A lot of people I've spoken to says have said that they don't bother um, planting carrots because of how annoying they are and they never do what they want them to do. And I just don't understand that. Like, that hasn't been my experience at all. Like, some of them are in funny shapes, but I love that. I found the harlequin carrots to be much easier to grow in terms of bigger carrots, whereas the orange carrots I had in abundance, but I did not um, thin them out in time. And so a lot of them have sort of twisted and become one. But again, that's all part of the fun. I love that. Give them a little scrub down. When I harvested them, the ground was nice and powdery and it wasn't too wet. It was just starting to rain, so... I caught them just in time. They're not too grim. Hello. Hello. Mum has found, rather than a bucket, we're going to use a recycling container. That looks perfect. And it's got no holes in the bottom. Excellent. A little layer of sand in the bottom and then lay the carrots and another layer of sand. Is that what you want to do? Yes, exactly. I've got a little trowel um, so we could spoon the sand. Can you lift that? (laughs) (laughs) Heavy bucket of sand. Yeah, there we go. Shit. Okay. I mean, I think it's a bit of a big bucket, but you're not supposed to have the carrots touching, so I can't really see what I'm doing, but put a layer of sand there. Should I open this door and then we'll maybe get a bit more light? Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to layer the carrots. So don't let them touch. Layer your carrots on the sand until you get a nice, neat row, and then you put more sand and then layer more carrots and keep going and add a bit of water in between. How's that? Yeah, perfect. And then put more sand. Bye, babies. See you next year. Yeah, sleep well. (laughs) You don't want any air pockets, really, so some of the funnier shaped ones might be a bit tricky. Right. Now I'm just going to spray Et voila! So we've just poured the sand in on top All the carrots are nicely nestled in And I guess we'll be getting them out when we next want to have a Sunday roast, eh? Yes! Look forward to that Look, I found a baby one that escaped (gasps) Quick, stuff him in the sand (laughs) 
The sand holds the moisture so that you will keep the carrots fresher. Yes, exactly. So you lightly moisten the sand with a bit of water, tap water, and then it keeps it nice and fresh and in the same conditions they would be as if they were kept in the ground. We'll have to put our money where our mouth is when we delve in for the first supply and see what they come out like. Yes. I've never done this before. No, well, me neither. I was just saying to mum about, you know, people taking notes about my exports and I, um, is that the right word? Exports? Expeditions? I don't know. Exploits. Exploits. (laughs) Um, But I don't know what I'm doing either. So we're all learning together. But hopefully, I've been told by two different people, this is the way to go. So we're keeping it in the garage and yet it's all in the sand and we've got a towel on top so the light will not penetrate. And we've also got three buckets of potatoes from our last exploits <laughs> so many exploits so little time and they'll all pay off when i unearth my veggies for christmas dinner oh yeah it's coming people in the meantime you can follow us on instagram at back to earth podcast on twitter at back to earth pod and on tiktok at back to earth charlie music is by john day artwork is by eric chow and this episode was edited by david knight thank you guys and of course thank you for listening and if you're supporting us on patreon stay tuned for our after show series hashtag farm life this week we'll be talking about Find out more at patreon.com forward slash definitely human. Back to Earth is a definitely human production. Okay, bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.